Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion, the first episode of 2023. Happy New Year to you and yours. Hopefully it's happy, healthy, and safe, and fun New Year's and holiday season, you know, all the way back through Halloween and Thanksgiving and Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's. Now real life starts again. We have to get all of our resolutions and start hitting the gym and work off all those fatty foods and drinks we had to celebrate. The cycle begins again. Thank you for making this podcast a destination for you. Thank you for tuning in, downloading, favoriting, subscribing, liking, following, whatever and however you've got this episode and this program into your regular habits. So we really appreciate that. And I'm going to work hard especially with the NFL season coming to a close, the regular season, the fantasy football season. I'm going to work hard to provide great content. I've got a lot of great ideas. We've got some stuff with the personal touches. We'll have full playoff breakdowns through the NFL season, fantasy baseball season, college basketball as well. So we've got a lot of plans. We ain't going anywhere, baby. So thank you. This is One Man's Opinion. I am Jeff Mance. You can hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Although I will, I guess, break some news to everybody that this will be changing. My showtime will be changing soon. I am not even sure on when, but we will be moving to 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. That's our old time slot. They moved us up this football season. They're moving us back 4 to 6 from 3 to 5. Uh, going forward. I don't know when that starts. I probably should not have just said that, but I have no other filter on this program than to be completely transparent and honest with you. And that's where uh, we're at. I'm also part owner and chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. That's the place to be folks. That's where we hang out. We watch the NFL football games, playoff football, live betting, USFL, XFL coming down the pike, free agency, NFL draft, combine, Super Bowl betting pack, DFS, all postseason. We also have NBA, NHL, PGA, golf season starting right now. We've got NASCAR season upon us in a few weeks. We have full access to MMA and every sport. And, of course, fantasy baseball season, the fantasy baseball draft guide dropping very soon. Ray Flowers has been very hard at work on that beast and a lot of new innovations, a lot of new great things for the fantasy baseball crowd on fantasyguru.com this year. Get over there, get that VIP, get it out, make it the first purchase you make of the 2023 year. Just get the VIP out of the way. That way you don't have to worry about anything. That way you don't have to re-sign up for football and say, you know, I'll add this and, you know, you contact support and they'll happily add and make you make sure you're in the best package. Just get the deal on the VIP platinum pack and you're set and nothing else you have to do. You got everything, everything we're doing. We got some special thing. You know, we're going to have special things. You're going to get it. That's it. You got everything. So 
make that your first purchase, at least first big purchase of the 2023 year. Maybe once those credit card bills from the holidays are paid off, right? That's probably a good idea. Uh, so fantasyguru.com. You could follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mance on Twitter. The Jeff Mance everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. So, all right, this is an interesting episode. This is a sad episode. It's a down episode, if you will. As I record this, all right, it is the 4th of January, 2023. And just two days ago, we watched Monday Night Football horrifically as Bill Safety, Demar Hamlin, crumbled to the ground, evidently, allegedly, going through cardiac arrest. I don't know why I said allegedly it happens. I, I don't know. Uh, my word, listen, my words aren't going to be perfect through all this. So, you know, that's why people don't want to broadcast and go on the air during bad times because everybody will call them out. But I trust all of you. Uh, DeMar Hamlin goes down. As I sit here right now, he is still in critical condition, still in intensive care. There is positive news on him over the last 24 hours. But obviously, I don't know where that goes. I don't want to sit here and think, okay, it's going to be great. It will be wonderful. And he's going to make it through and everything else. And then obviously something bad happens. And I don't want to jinx anything either. So I'm not really going to report much news on this program because the podcast will be outdated immediately when there is. Just know that my thoughts, my prayers are with Damar Hamlin. Now, my podcast one man's opinion, by the way, it's uncensored. It's unfiltered. If you're a sensitive person, if you're sensitive to the DeMar Hamlin situation, the fantasy situation, if you don't like bad language or raw talk, then you probably shouldn't be listening and definitely shouldn't be listening to this particular episode. I'm going to say a lot of things that are just pure truth and honesty, and I'm going to be very transparent with everybody and everything else. Okay. Shouldn't get me in trouble, but I honestly don't know anymore. I, it's just a matter of time for me before I get in trouble and whatever, you know, I mean, I'm not a bad person. I don't have things that I worry about. People try to paint me in all different like likes. I get, you know, DFS community says I don't play DFS. Other people say I suck at fantasy, you know, and they try to diminish my job. All you do is yell. And maybe they're, I, well, you can't say I suck. That's why I love sports. And that's why I love fantasy sports. You can't say that because I have the results, right? So that, that part's not true. You can say I suck or whatever. And you could say I was offensive. Maybe that's it. But the truth is there's nothing in my heart like that. And you all, if you're like me, I'm sure either you're thinking it or saying it that, all the talk of thoughts and prayers is kind of tired, right? It's kind of phony. It's kind of bullshit. Yeah, if you have sensitive ears, don't listen to the show. Um, it's bullshit. We know it's bullshit. And and but here's the thing. I, I you know okay wait that's not fair. Maybe it's not bullshit. But you know it's the easy thing to do. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. And you know that's it. Just is what it is. And doesn't really mean thoughts and prayers don't mean anything. But let me. Let me explain my side of my thoughts and prayers. For one, I'm not a spiritual person. I don't do a lot of praying, but I do I do a lot of thinking, a lot of inner monologue. And I would be lying if I told you I didn't say, hey, God, can you 
help this person out or help me out in this situation? Or can we, you know, so I guess, you know, even though I, maybe I'm a fake non-spiritual, I don't know. I don't put labels on things. So I guess that's my problem. But I watched that Monday night football game with, uh, we had just finished dinner and in the man's cave, hanging out with everybody game starts, Bengals go down score. This is shape. That game was shaping up to be a, a beast. That was going to be an all-timer. That game was going to be a classic. And obviously the situation with DeMar Hamlet, well, my wife was still in the room. My kids, the older girls were still in the room, 20 and 18. And as this happened and they kept going to commercial and we realized how desperate and terrible situation it was. Everyone sat down, everyone gathered around and tried to make sense of what was happening. My kids, the older ones include everybody in my house, except my younger son is CPR trained. It's something my wife used to run a daycare. And so she's always been certified. She always believes in us getting certified. I had to be certified because I was in the house. So like we've had to do those things uh, and we have to renew it every year. And my middle kid, my daughter, 18 year old just had to go through it like two weeks ago. So she was, when they said CPR for nine minutes, even she knew, Oh boy, that's, this is a desperate situation, a bad situation. It was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Impactful. We don't want to see any human beings go through something like that. We don't want to see anybody have to go through that. We want to, don't want to hear stories of CPR for nine minutes and, have to be shocked back into place. And I mean, that's a scary stuff. And what happens on the football field in front of tens of thousands of live audience with hundreds of players and coaches gathered around with millions of viewers. I mean, it's, it's amazingly impactful. So from my point of view, the thoughts and prayers are true. I really, really hope for him, DeMar Hamlin, Pull through, be strong. I don't know if he plays football again. I don't give a fuck if he plays football again. Quite personally, I hope he doesn't. Not not unless it's his choice. I hope he's safe. I hope he has a great life. You know, there's a lot more to life than football or sports. And I, for a long time, these players, that is their life. And I get it. But certain points and things change you. And this was a kid that was starting safety in a, one of the best defenses in the league after being a six-round pick two years ago. So I just want him to be happy and healthy. And, you know, anybody can say that. We could all say, oh, I hope. And it's probably true. I would hope it's true for most people. My point of view in my own way is that I want him to get back out there. I want him to get better give interviews, talk about it. I want other people to see it. I want my kids to see it. I want everybody who sat there, like anybody who watched it happening live, ease all of our minds, right? It's when we saw those buildings go down on 9-11, for those who were old enough to remember in 2001, it was the scariest shit at that point any of us had ever been through. We didn't know... Is that going to happen in our backyards, in our neighborhoods? Is this, oh, we're under attack. What's going to happen next? And then you see like the president, you see like the mayor, you see like the firefighters go to the spot and rally. It's it's in ruin, but the people are there, right? 
it just makes you know everything's okay, that it's all right. And that's what I want. And when I say thoughts and prayers, that's what I want. I want that for everybody who witnessed that, everybody who was affected by it. For Demar Hamlin, the kid, the young man, obviously his family, friends, first and foremost, but also for all of us that, okay, he made it through. He fought medical science and medical personnel did amazing jobs in saving this kid, saving this man. I keep saying kid because 23, 24, oh, just so devastating. So I, I want it for everything. And my dream, my thought, my hope is that I've said this from the beginning, but so I'm not going to be a, too much of a bandwagon guy, but the Buffalo Bills inspired by Tamar Hamlin go on win Super Bowl 57. I want him in his shirt, not in uniform, totally uniform, to be on the podium at what is it, State Farm Stadium here in Arizona holding that Lombardi trophy. That is what I want to see. That is what I dream and hope happens. I want that. I want that team to go out, win for him, with him, because of him, got there because of him. I want him in that crowd, right, holding that trophy. How amazing would that be? That's what I want. So that's what I mean when I say hopes and dreams, hopes, thoughts and prayers, hopes, all that stuff, okay? Um, it's been positive news in the last 24 hours about DeMar Hamlin, and that's a great thing. Anything could change. I said I opened up. So let me take you through it. My reaction that night, the whole family, it, it affected my son and I watching. My daughters were affected. My wife's affected. Everybody was still talking about it. How is he doing? They, every time they're asking me, like I have some sort of insight in the news, I don't. I'm at the mercy of anybody else. But it was Solomon, the man's household. And I was so proud of our Man's Cave Discord channel and fantasyguru.com. So that's the thing about what we do elite mafia fantasy guru website, the man's cave, our discord room. You know, they're bad apples and they're people that just want to troll or people that just, they're trying to win some quick buck and cash. It's, it's not what we are and what we do. And it's not what I do. And it's not, not any of our motivation. And the majority of our people who have been with us a long time, know and understand this too. We're a community. We're a sports community for all the sports, all the different, that's why I have different rooms and different things in the man's cave are people that listen and, you know, want to be in and know about my work and want to hang out with me. And it's a great group of people and I get trolled sometimes. I've been pissed off at times, but that's the thing. I get pissed off. They get pissed off. We fight a little bit. We mix it up. But that night on Monday night, it was compassionate room all thinking and hoping and praying together and keeping positive thoughts and sort of leaning on each other to get through this horrible scene that unfolded in Cincinnati and it, it makes me incredibly proud it incredibly proud of what we've built and and the people that we have our members, our, our, our customers, like just that's the atmosphere I want. That's the atmosphere I'm proud of. That's the atmosphere. You know, we say a lot of things, the most 
DFS subscribers and the most this and that. And, you know, we use terms in marketing and, you know, we do that to, uh, you know, throttle our competition a little bit, but all, you know, and also to generate more interest in our product. I think that's understood. Right. But man, the, I, I could not give less of a fuck. I don't think about that kind of stuff. I care about the quality of our members and our users I care that I could be there for them in those times and they could be there for me when I'm melting down and we can have discussions and we don't have to agree, but we can actually have the discussion even without disagreeing. There's ongoing and I'll get into it this episode. I'm going to talk about what we do in fantasy championship games. I'm going to talk raw and real. I think I was raw and real on the show the other day on Wednesday. It's coming. Believe me, folks. I'll also break down week 18 on this episode. We'll talk about playoff scenarios. I got incentives for you guys. So, you know, hear me out on, on this part and the DeMar Hamlin stuff. So, um, so that it was devastating night. I'm so proud of being able to be with our members that night and talk things through overnight that night. We were alerted by Sirius XM and our uh, program director and upper management that, you know, we are going to be very careful at this point. Skip Bayless had tweeted some shit. There were some other like phony accounts tweeting shit and like therapy. Everybody gathered around to wail on Skip Bayless, which I think is just cheap. Skip Bayless is a piece of shit, right? He's been a piece of shit. He says things. He There's no possible way he believes he does things for shock. But we all know that. But what Skip Bayless did that night, that little segment wasn't that bad. Is he being a dick? Yeah. Is he? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know if he's being a dick. He just wasn't. You know, it, it just didn't matter for one. Like that's another thing. Why are we? Why do we do this? Like why do we do this thing where we have to? It, you know, this horrific situation happened, and what do we do? We just go on social media trying to find whoever said something shitty and cancel them. What the fuck are we doing, people? As a society, what are we doing? Who gives a shit about Skip Bass? Fuck him. Who cares? Oh, he he loves Demar Hamlin. He hates him. He hopes he gets injured. He didn't. Who gives a shit? He skipped fucking Bayless. Now, Skip was your guy and you liked him and you were let down. Feel free to let him know. And, uh, okay, fine. You know, and th that is that. But this, oh, we're going to go cancel him. Now, fuck that. The whole thing, Shannon Sharp sitting out the next day, like, no, go take him on. You know, go, t go tell him, put him in his place like he did the next day. Like, go do that. If he's going to continue to be an asshole, somebody needs to check him back into place. But I don't understand why in those moments we go and try to cancel people instead of actually having conversations and talking to them. So that's something that bothered me. Um, Sirius told us to be careful, and they really they gave us an option to do shows or to do an, a simulcast on NFL radio and all this. And I love Sirius XM. The management, Steve Cohen, uh, JSK, our program director, Rob Tuesday, Phil and Sandro, and the management team over there. I love all of them. And, but it's, it was sad to me that we had 
that this was even on the table. I volunteered and asked people Monday night if I can go live. I honestly, and this is going to sound such a shitty, I didn't realize we were live at that time. Thank God Mike Dempsey and Bob Harris were on, and they did an amazing job. But I, I was ready to go on, and I said, you want put me on, put me on. I, if anybody's uncomfortable, I got you. I got it. I know, I know what to do. I know I need to be there for our listeners and our station and our people. That's the way I felt that day, uh, that night. And fortunately, Mike and Bob had, so I said, okay, cool. But I, I couldn't have bowed out. I needed to do a show and I would have done a 20 hour show if they needed me to, to get us through this. Right. Um, that's just how I felt. So they gave us the option. I think everybody opted in. A couple people did opt out, come to think of it. But, you know, I don't know. And it tweets their own. And now here's, here's the secret. Here's the truth. The reason anybody opted out, the reason this was even debate, the reason SiriusXM even was debating and had to change our entire tone for the day, it was because they're scared to death. They're scared to death of the cancel culture. They're scared to death that one thing will be misconstrued and it'll be thrown out and, and people will be canceled and they'll come after you. But there, there comes a point where I don't know where this whole cancel culture thing is going. Cause what happens when you cancel everybody eventually, everybody's going to do or say an insensitive remark or bad thing somehow. And again, I think there's levels there's coming out and saying terrible racial slurs or sexist or homophobic things like horrifically. And then there's somebody saying a joke or, and it, you know, even if it's ill-timed or whatever, a bad joke, but you still know it's a joke. It's like a shitty joke. Don't say that joke again or whatever, you know, um, there's a big difference, but we don't see it that way. It's as if, Oh, you say this word automatically you are canceled and, but you're going to take everything away from everybody who's left. And who's left? And ultimately, I was not afraid to talk about this situation. And I was told we need to do a show not on fantasy, but based on um, DeMar Hamlin, of course, and the latest on that situation. But I recognized as we were going through it that there was no news. Nothing, there wasn't updates. There was, We weren't getting anything. So I wasn't personally going to sit there and repeat the same thing. So I took a different angle. I talked some of the fantasy elements of it. And I am very, this is, I'm very honored that those men, our management, our station, uh, let me do that, congratulated me for doing that, and had positive feedback as a result. Okay, I'm, I'm proud because if we can't be on the air, we can't say the truth and we can't be honest and talk with people and and take phone callers. If, and they're like, well, what if a phone caller says something? Well, well I'll tell that phone caller, go fuck himself. That's what I'll tell them. What do you mean? What are they going to do? If, if a phone caller is an asshole, I will be an asshole back and I'll knock him off the air. That's what I'll do. I'm not afraid of phone calls. I don't believe everybody is just bad. There's some shitty people. A lot of people fake like they're tough on Twitter and social media, but I, I don't think at, at the heart of it all, they're truly bad people. I've got guys that troll me every fucking day in our discord paying customers, right. That troll me and try to say shit. 
you know, I don't believe those people are just bad people. Right. I think they're, some of them just don't know how to deal with being different. They think that if they have a different thought than I do, that somehow we have to be enemies about it, which isn't true. So I'm proud of that. I'm proud that we did it. It's probably the most positive feedback I've received on the show in a long time. You know, we took the bells and whistles out. We're not going to go. I'm not going to do first thing I said, I'm not doing Timmy trumpets. No, fuck that. I'm not doing that on a terrible situation like that. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the right music. We'll, we'll set the right tone and we'll say the right things, but there's a lot, there's millions and millions. There's 90 million, over 90 million people that play fantasy football. There's, there's a million leagues out there. I mean, probably more than there's millions of leagues that had to be settled and somebody has to come in and say it. So, you know, I took that approach and was there for them and had them call me and we talked about it while providing updates. And it was, you know, very good and very well received and very well supported. And I shout out Phil Backert and Sandra Anello, who also was there for that vision, um, uh, you know, and making it all happen as well. So that was that. And after that show on Tuesday, ooh, it looked like, okay. Now we're past the fantasy standpoint because the NFL came out and said, all right, we're not playing this game in the rest of this week. And we're not going to play it before week 18. And that's that. So in all the, when I left the air, it's uh, 5 PM, almost at six, see 5 PM Eastern on Tuesday. It was like, all right, every one CBS, Yahoo, ESPN, sleeper, all the major communities and commissioner services had said, all right, if that game's not played, it's, you know, the, the week is over. Well, then you wake up on Wednesday and what happens? Well, because people are so fucking ridiculous. Some people bitched about it. Some people, and, and when people, bit, and this is the thing, you all know it too. You're all, all of us. And me too. Jeff knows it. You guys know. If I embarrass these people on social media, I'll get my way. That's why you you go at Southwest Airlines and start bitching about them, even though, you know, are you so fucking dumb? You think $37 for a round trip ticket to Albuquerque is good. And you think that that business model is just really you're going to get first class treatment. Really? Huh? Not going to pay for bags or nothing. You think, oh, yeah, this is this is top end. This high end. No, no, you, sh- you know. You're on the fucking Greyhound bus of airlines. It'll get you where you need to go, but don't expect anything great. But you go and bitch about it. So you bitch to Yahoo and other. And now everybody, now these companies are all questioned. Oh my God, we're going to have unhappy people. And nobody has any balls anymore. Nobody has any courage. Listen, folks, week 17 is over. Fantasy football championship games that end fantasy football leagues. That ended when that was the last game. That's it. It's over. You Anybody trying to make something of it is a very angry person that either thought they had a chance, knew they were going to win that league. But they didn't because that game didn't get played. Well, that doesn't matter. Those games aren't guaranteed. Every game, every week isn't just absolute set in stone going to happen. 
And you can't rearrange schedules. You can't say, all right, a week's a game played in week six counts for week 11. Uh, a game played in week 14 counts for week five. We'll continue it here. And no, 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 no. That's not the way this happens. These games have to be played on in the weeks, in the order they're played, and that's fucking that. Grow up. Those of you who are complaining and bitching about it, I get it. I do understand your point. I really do. But you have to grow up. You have to. That's the rules. It's always been the rules. It's it. It's fucking it. But I would have won. And and don't pretend that it's the right thing to do, but secretly you have some fucking, you know, the league you care most about. is. You all know that's what you're doing. And I knew this was going to happen. Because this is what fucking happens. It's the same bullshit when I bring up anything political from fucking bullshit, whatever it is, uh, any political thing, whether it's fucking Nancy fucking Pelosi or Donald Trump or Joe fucking Biden or whatever. If I even mention that, it's everybody who's this side has this opinion. Everybody who's that side has this opinion. Well, that's, this isn't that show. I'm not that guy. Fuck you all. I'm not that guy. You're not getting me to believe in your fucking one-sided bullshit. I will see the truth. I will see honesty, and I will see clarity. I will see what's real. Will I be wrong on things? Sure. But I'm very open that I am wrong when I am wrong. And if I'm proven wrong, I am proven wrong. All right? It's not that hard. But the thing I refuse to do, and I refuse it, is to change rules or to not see reality. The reality is this season is over. The uh, Week 17 is over. If that's all your fantasy league played, then it's over. Whoever is on that scoreboard this very fucking minute, that is the winner of that week. If that's the championship week, then they're the champion. That is it. No more action. If the NFL doesn't play, if that game, 2.30 Eastern on Saturday, Kansas City, Las Vegas, kicks off before this Bengals and Bills game is made up, that's it. That that Bengals-Bills game is over, and I don't care if it gets played next fucking June. I don't care if players week 19 or a double fucking header, which is impossible, but in week 18. It doesn't count for week 17. It's over. Does that stink? Yes. Could will would this team have beat that team? Yes. Did they know? This is reality. Why is it so difficult to deal with reality? This is the problem I have with most people. Anybody that I get in arguments with, it's always this kind of bullshit. It's always this kind of shit. We have our own goals and everything that we want. We want this. We want that. Every person has that. I have that. Every single fu- By the way, do you think I want to move from three to five to four to six? Right? It, it's not that big of a move. Do you think it's like my number one thing? Remember, I was at two to four before. Did I really want to go to four to six? It's four. And by the way, four to six is technically a better time slot by the metrics, but 
I didn't care. I like what I like. I all I want to be is left alone. I don't want to move around. I don't want my audience to have to move around. That's what I care about. But they come say, hey, we got to do this and we got to do this. I say, okay, then we will go and we will do this. Is it my optimal? Is it my perfect world? No. I could choose. I could say, I'm not doing that. They could say, okay, goodbye. And I said, good. I'm fucking quit. I could any of that you can do. Those are the choices. Right? That's the choices. But the choice isn't, I'm still going, I'm going to somehow break into the airwaves at three and then end at five just because that's a, that's not a possibility. That's optimal for Jeff Manns. It's optimal maybe for some people that only can listen three to five or what have you, but it's not reality. Reality is you're moving to this time or get the fuck out. That's the two ways, the two sides, right? That's what fantasy leagues are. Accept these results. These are the results. You know what? It's getting to, it's really like, I'm going to bring something up I shouldn't. It's the election denier bullshit. I know. I got hit. A couple of you hit me hard on that. You get, I get it. My Republican brethren out there, you guys didn't like that. Or some of you, not most of you fucking, we get it. Come on. Come on. Come on. We, we, we get it. There is levels to everything. Is this guy a crook? Should this guy be investigation? This, yes, yes, yes. But at some point, we all draw the line. All right, bullshit. Don't play in fantasy if you don't aren't willing to accept the outcome. Horrible outcome. What if your player? What if you? What if every player? By the way, for the first what eight weeks of the season, I have a paper. I have a cheat sheet somewhere in front of me here that I've kept all year, my DFS injuries. Oh, here it is. Week one, Tyree kill and Juju Smith Schuster, both in our cash game lineups, both limited Trey Lance week two, 20% of snaps injured week three. I'm on Ross St. Brown injured week four, Richie James injured week five, Teddy Bridgewater injured week six. Nobody one easily week seven. I'm on Ross St. Brown injured week eight, Irv Smith injured week nine, Deion Jackson injured week 10, Jerry Judy injured. Week 11, Kyle Pitts and Justin Fields, both injured. And we have, we've been on a magical run ever since. That was the That's one of the most horrific, terrible, fucking unlucky things to ever have happened in DFS. Do we could either stop playing or keep going. And we kept going. And it's been a great week 12 through 17 so far. Right? But those things happen. If whoever you had, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, Jamar Chase, Stefan, any whoever it is that would have, in your mind, no question about it, would have brought you into the championship, they would have snapped their leg or something. God forbid if something, what happened to Demar Hamlin happened to them, right? If any of this happens, you still lose. And that could have been the outcome. It's not that different than an injury. The game didn't get played. If this game were to happen Thursday and they canceled the whole card and all we had is one quarter of one game on a Thursday, then that's different. Then the whole week could be pushed back, but that's not what happened. 94% of all the games, actually 90, almost 96%. Yeah. 96% got played. It's in the books. You had 4% because of a terrible catastrophic once in a lifetime, terrible occurrence. That's how 
your championship got taken and it sucks. It's, it feels bad even saying it sucks because obviously there's a young man who's fighting for his life right now, but I'm stick to the fantasy outlook and that sucks that you lost that way, but that's what happened. And that's the reality. And that's the truth. Asking services, asking your opponents, asking your commissioner to do anything else is, is me, me, me. I guarantee there's 45 year old men my age. Cause I've seen it that are doing that exact thing. Grow the fuck up. You're acting like the millennials that are, you think you want a participation trophy. You want everything to be fair and equal. You want everything to be the right way. You're just being a fucking baby. Now, if your league wants to split it, co-champions, I'm awesome with it. Awesome. You know what? In fact, you know, I've thought about this in the couple hours since my Sirius XM show today. No matter what your league comes up with, if it's a solution that y'all like, I'm I'm on board with everything. The one thing, one thing though, and even if your whole league agrees to it, I'm telling you before it happens, you cannot, you should not, under any circumstances, allow that game to be played at a later date and still count for week 17. That is the one thing you can't do, okay? I don't like, well, we'll use their baseline projections. I don't like that, but if you're, if the people involved and your league agrees to it, so be it. No problem. But you can't. I have thousands of scenarios in which this by pushing that game back and still trying to count it for week 17 can get into unprecedented danger. How Jeff, how's that possible? Well, simple. Remember, this is another, this is how I know that who I play against in DFS and seasonal fantasy football, basically don't know football. They just think it's Madden where you could just take, Oh, well, we'll just schedule the bills and Bengals two weeks later and everything will be exactly the same. It's not. Bengals play Baltimore. Calais Campbell lands awkwardly on Joe Mixon's leg. You had Joe Mixon. You needed two points to win. He easily gets that against Buffalo, right? Oh, what if he would have played in week 17, but that rescheduled week 17 game, he's not there. Week 18 or week 19 or whatever it is. Now he's not available. Now what? What do you do? You know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to do. Little baby back bitches are going to say, well, I get to, how about I get uh, Samaje P. Ryan or Chris Allen or whoever's available. How about I get their points then? Okay. And if they're not available, then you'll say, well, why don't I should just get the average or what he would have got. There's no, see what I mean? I know what you're going to do because people that whine and bitch and complain, and can't accept reality. They don't ever, there is no reality for them. It's not about the truth. It's not about honesty. It's about the fucking ruse. It's about lying to themselves. It's about their parents constantly patting their assholes, telling them that they're special. You're not that special. You're not entitled to fair and equal. Nobody is. That's not how life works. Where's DeMar Hamlin's fair and equal? Where's his equal chance? Was taken. And with it was your championship. As bad as it is, as real as it is, that's the truth. You can't accept that. You're not going to accept the week 19 
fucking thing. No, you're not. The only way you accept it is when it goes your way. I know. I'm gonna. I say the election denier is just my my fucking go to right now, and it's been. Why? What are you gonna do? We have this thing in Arizona with Carrie Lake, and she keeps going. And Carrie Lake was a very respected news journalist and all this stuff. And but like, she just keeps going with this. What's the outcome? Like, are you all you're looking for is one place to say somehow you won whatever magical thing it was, and then you're gonna accept that one. But if somebody else came and proved it on the other side, you wouldn't relegate. You wouldn't give it up. You know you wouldn't. You're lying. You know you're lying. And I don't like either of those bitches. Just to be clear, fuck Kathy. Fuck Kate Hobbs or whatever her name is. Fuck her. I don't like any of them. But I can't deal with liars. You know you're lying. You know it's not about, well, we got to get there. All games should be played. You know it's about you, 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 you. You know it. Your fucking souls, you know it. Don't put that on your league. Don't put that on the rest of people. Take your loss. Get motivated for next year. I know. I just lost a bunch of listeners. Good. Again, I don't give a fuck. I can't deal with you people anyway like that. I can't deal with it. You're, if you, you don't like to uh, you bring up election data, why? Because it's stupid. It's stupid. You know it's stupid. Fantasy football's rigged and all this, but I'm going to be in 18 leagues next year. Why would you do that? Why would, if it's rigged and nothing's real, and why would you do the activity? If every swimming pool you ever, you're going to drown, you're, you're going to drown a swimming pool. Why would you go by the water? are you doing if every time you started your car you got electroshock in your ball sack are you gonna go in and just keep starting your car eventually you say i'm not doing that shit oh frustrates me and you can't talk like this anymore in the world you can't talk like this because everybody's sensitive everyone's gonna overreact everybody's gonna get mad and there's so many of you mad right now because you want to, and I, because I know you, and you don't like the fact that I know you, and I know your next move, and I know your next move, and I know the next move on the next move. Once you've decided to go down a road in which reality doesn't exist, once you have argued, uh, somebody, somebody who argues with people on social media, don't they don't stop arguing. If you go and attack Skip Bayless and he gets fired, let's say. That's not your last time. You're just now you've got the taste of blood. Now you think you're it's like the people on Yelp. You know, how many of you write on Yelp? How many of you have written one Yelp review? There's no such thing. You either do a thousand or you do none. It's a habit. Denying reality and not accepting the results is is a problem. It doesn't stop anywhere. It keeps going. It's like the fucking Energizer Bunny. Keeps going and going and going and going and going. And the fa- all the rest of us idiots who out there that condone this behavior, that allow this behavior, all these commissioner services that are saying, well, we're going to, you know, whatever the NFL decides and we're going to go with it. No, you guys are a bunch of cuckolds. You're a bunch of wimps. No, say the word. No. No. 
I hope if any of this, I hope nobody does it, but I hope that one of these, maybe a high stakes game or something like that. I hope they try to do a week 19 bills and Bengals and try to count that for week 17. And I hope something, somebody who would have won now, like right now, who has won their league as far as I'm concerned, then loses because of their player. They had a player too. That player got hurt in the game or that player got something scratched and had the flu or something. How? Because that is the lawsuit. That is real. That will be taken to court. And now they've opened up a monster case. Now, when you go to court, you have to, all your financials are open. All your history and what you've done and the mega multi-entry, everything is now on the table. (laughs) It will be the worst thing. Just be tough and strong. That's why we need tough, strong leaders. Somebody has to stand up and say, no, absolutely not. I'm not doing this. I'm not standing for this. I'm not allowing this. Toughest person in your league should be the commissioner. I'll talk about my leagues later. I I have a league where I need two and a half points from Mixon and Allen. (laughs) Think I'll get it? Yeah, I would have got it easily. I lost the league. I don't want any part of that championship. I don't want, and it's an expert league, a lot of industry people. I don't want anything to do with it. I lost. I'm, I don't like it. I don't want to lose. But that is what happened. And it should be over. Conversely, I've got leagues. I don't think I'm going to get caught in. I think there's one league. Um, that I have that is a very much a coin flip that as of now I win. So you could say, Oh, you benefit on that one. Well, that's maybe true, but it's not a clear cut. I still got players in that league. I think it's Josh Allen versus Joe Mixon. And I'm up like 13 points. I'm the odds on favorite, but I mean, can Josh Allen outscore Mixon by third? Absolutely. It's, so before you start saying, well, you're on the other side. No, I'm a, I have both sides. It's truth. It's what's real. You guys know this too. That's the thing that bothers me the most. It's not even as if we're having real conversations. It's just everybody chooses their team, their colors. Their, 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 they choose their sides. And so many of you just go to your side. Political, religion, fucking teams and sports and whatever side you're on, you just declare ultimate victory no matter what. There's never anything wrong with your side. Your side's always right. You're, and again, I, I just wish I, and I'm glad I didn't grow up in your universe, but part of me wishes I had because life would have been a lot fucking easier, evidently. I, I wish I could go through life thinking I'm just entitled to the victory. And no matter what, they need to exhaust every possible chance in order for me to possibly get a victory. I wish that that was my default because it would be so much fucking easier. All right. Moving on. Here's something. How about this? Can we do this for next year? No more one week playoffs. 
How about that? Oh, this is another thing I love. Bunch of bullshitters. Now week 18, everyone, well, why don't we just use the Bills and Bengals for week 18? Because you don't like week 18, fuck boys. You know you, you you said it. Now it's okay? Oh, you but That's how you see it? Liars. Liars. You were lying. And I, I think you, I actually think you believe this one. I think you believe, you know week 18 is viable and fine. You know it is. But before the season or during the season or a week ago today, you thought you just didn't want to do any extra work. You didn't want you didn't want to go an extra week because that may mean you'd lose or you'd lose your spot or something. That's what really happens. Week 18 should be played in every league. This is so much meaningful stuff happening this week. But if this happens during that the fantasy regular season, then if it's a, a week six deal then this is not a big deal in fantasy. We all rally around DeMar Hamlin and the Bills, and that's what we do, which is the right thing we should be doing anyway. But because it's championship week, because it's the last game, that's why this is so under the microscope. So how do we avoid that? Oh, easy. Two-week playoffs. There are no Monday night games. There's a Sunday night game, so I guess if it happened on Sunday night, but then they would just play that game at some point anyway. Two-week playoff. This could never – you've ruled out this anything remotely like this, weather or a pandemic or anything. You've eliminated this opportunity. Two-week playoff. That's it. That's all you have to do. Um, week 18 ideas real quick for folks. If you want to try to expand your league – listen, if you ran the championship, it's over. Don't just end your season. So – my home league, the IMFM league, which I've talked about extensively on the air and, and everything else, um, 25 years, Ted, myself, it's a lot of the, uh, it's Ray Flowers and Armando Marsal and Phil Backard and some buddies from some, my nephews in it. My, my son is now in it, which I'm proud of, like all this kind of stuff. Um, so in that league, we play the championship and all the bowl games in week 17. Okay, so we did it. It's over. Week 18, we do a cash grab week. Highest three-point totals win money. And I think it's, you know, I think it's 60 bucks for the first, 40 for second, and 25 for third. So top three point scores. Gives the people that were in lower bowl games or terrible records, which we have two and 15 team, uh, you know, in this league, well, they have a chance. They still win 60 bucks back. It was a $200 entry fee, right? So they could win 60 bucks on top of everything else. We also paid out, you know, weekly winners and everybody who played a bowl game, which is all 12 teams, they all won something. The last place team, the toilet bowl winner only got 10 bucks back, but you see, you have a chance to win back your money all the way through total points. Easy. Two-week championships, two-week bowl games, another great idea. Um, week 18, if you just if you are one of those people that believe it's too random, how about a DFS contest instead? Invite the 12 owners into a DFS contest on FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever. Let that decide a total points thing, a payout, a mini trophy or something like that. Right, A lot of opportunities, a lot of things you can do. Play for draft picks. How about that? That's the draft order, highest point total redraft the fucking thing, right? Redraft for week 18. You just do a play for DFS. 
with their salaries or do a redraft of your of just week 18 players and that's your draft order whatever order whoever gets the most points first place first pick last gets last pick so on and so forth right there you go and by the way that's not a bad idea because after like the first what four picks maybe maybe six picks nobody ever wants to leave middle right seven eight nine then people would want to go, but you don't know that when setting your lineup. So, you know, however, if your team, if your team is really good, you get the first pick or a high pick. If your team sucks ass in week 18, well, then you get 12th picks. You're on the wheel all draft long. So I think that makes a good thing for week 18. By the way, it's also like, this is this a great week. It's no more holidays. It's back to real life. It's no Christmas or Hanukkah or New Year's. I have anything to worry about. This is where it's great. Um, let's go through uh, playoff scenarios and teams that are resting. The only teams that I think are in danger, the Giants look like they're going to be resting. They're kind of locked into that sixth, sixth seed in the NFC. Not much that could happen there. The Chargers could sit down early. They've said they're not going to, and Herbert's going to play, but that's one that's, that's the team that I'd be most skeptical on probably, but the giants, the um, uh, other teams that are on the verge or, you know, have something to play for um, the Ravens are pretty locked into that six seed. There's technically, you know, five and six, the Chargers could move up and down depending on the Ravens charge. So those that's why those teams are going to play. The first seeds, all the good teams, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, Bills, Bengals, all these teams are playing to the bone because they have a shot at the top spot. You know, Minnesota won't leapfrog San Francisco necessarily, but they theoretically – Tactically, they could move ahead of San Francisco if they somehow four downers lost the Cardinals and Vikings want beat the Bears. So there's there's chances. The Buccaneers, they said they're not going to rest their players, but they are gonna have three active quarterbacks. So you may only get three quarters of a game, 60% of a game from Tom Brady and Mike Evans and the crew. But everybody else, every other team is doing what they do. Right? Washington, though. They went with uh, – you didn't want Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke either, but they're going to go with Sam Howell's starting quarterback. I don't think that's a downgrade. I don't think that hurts Terry McLaurin at all. I just don't. It. I don't – it doesn't. So I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think anything different is going to happen there. The Jets, Saints, Browns, Panthers – Raiders are still playing. They saw it last week with Jared Stidham, even though Carr's out. The Rams are playing probably their best football of the year at this point. Cam Akers run a wild, great matchup against Seattle. Seattle's got a win to get in. Green Bay's got a win to get in. Detroit's got a win to get some help. Steelers need help. The Patriots winning are in. Dolphins need the Patriots to lose and to win and to get in. Some help. Titans and Jaguars both fighting for that last – that. uh uh, AFC South title Steelers. They're fighting for a, they are technically alive in the playoff race. They need a lot of help, but don't forget Mike Tomlin never had a losing season 
And if they win, winning season, if they lose, losing season against the Browns. It's a big, that's a big game for Pittsburgh. So these teams, everyone's fighting. Everybody's fighting. So again, I think this is one of the biggest weeks of the entire year. If you're looking at the incentives and things like that, there's a ton of it. Um, a lot of Jaguar receivers like Zay Jones, $250,000 for two more catches. Uh, he needs 98 yards for a $500,000 payday to get 900 yards. I think he's at 802 or something right now. Christian Kirk in that Jaguars game as well. He needs two catches and roughly 90 yards, 91 yards for a million dollar payday, half a million, 500,000 for two catches, 80 plus catches. And if he gets 1100 receiving yards and he's got 10,000 or 1,009, it's a million dollars. Speaking of which $250,000 for Jamal Williams, he just needs six yards. That's not a big deal. Two yards for Juju Smith Schuster. He's got $1.5 million for two more yards. So needless to say, you're not going to get a zero from Juju Smith-Schuster this week. You know, uh, 13 yards for Tyler Higby, $175,000 for him. There's a bunch with Khalif Raymond, but he's not touching that shit. Uh, you know, it was like almost $750,000 for punt return yards and all the shit. He's not going to get that. Don't worry about that. Um, five catches needed for Gerald Everett to get 60 receptions um, on the year that for him, $250,000 bonus there. Um, so those are most of the contract incentives. There's a bunch of, of defenses and things like that, but those are the majority of that. Remember, there's some records that could be broken. Things like Patrick Mahomes it, it's playing the Raiders and they need to lock up that one seed. If Mahomes gets 430 yards passing, He'll be the single season record holder beating Peyton Manning's record. So 430 is a lot, but threw for 296 last time. It's not that crazy. If the Raiders push the Chiefs, if they score the way they did against uh, um, uh, whoever the fuck they played last week, I don't know why I'm blanking on that, but Jared Stidham played a hell of a game. If that offense goes that way, it's good. Justin Jefferson put himself in a huge hole. Probably the worst game we've gotten out of that good of a player in a championship setting in a long time. But yeah, Justin Jefferson costs more championships than the Bengals and Bills not playing. Trust me on that shit. But he needs 194 yards to break Calvin Johnson's single season receiving yard. It's doable. He had 154 against the Bears in week five. It's going to be cold in Soldier Field, but it's not that bad. For uh, Jan early January weather at Soldier Field, it's not bad. He could do it. And the Vikings do need to win. So that's something. That's all-time records. Uh, seasonal milestones, remember, that's always important. You're, you need players to hit certain targets, and there's contract incentives there. You need you, Tom Brady needs 390 to hit 5,000. Be the third time he's ever done that. Um I mentioned Patrick Mahomes to break the all-time record there as well. We've got uh, it's pretty much the passing numbers seem like eh, 
it's not much. I mean, I don't think 3,000 is a big target. Mac Jones has a chance to get that. Joe Burrow needs 800 yards. Like, that's not fucking happening. Herbert needs 540 yards for 5,000, so he ain't getting that. Man, the passing number's down this year. Like, way down. That's pretty crazy. Joe Burrow does. Now, Burrow has two games to hit 40 touchdowns. He needs six to do it. Right? Same with Allen, but he needs eight to do it. Geno Smith just needs one for 30 touchdown season. Same with Goff. Right? Aaron Rodgers needs five to hit 30. Tom Brady needs six to hit 30. So, yeah, nobody's really... That's not really going to... You know, not big passing options, but... um, Derrick Henry, 71 shy of 1,500 yards rushing on the year. Um, You know, he always destroys the Jaguars, specifically in the first half this year. It's good that he didn't rest. Should get a real big week out of him in this one. Don't forget that uh, as far as rushing yards are concerned, like Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb. Josh Jacobs is the rushing sort of leader. Um could get taken out of the mix. You got about eh, hundred. I guess he's up one fifty. Doubtful he'll get that over Nick Chubb, but um, something that that's always an important title to those guys. I know it's important to um, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, those guys specifically. They have in years past they've gotten their offensive linemen things for doing that, so it's important to the whole group. Uh, but it looks like Jacobs probably has the edge there. Najee Harris, our guy. How about this? Najee finished the season strong, brother. 46 yards needed to hit 1,000 on the season, and he's got the matchup to do it against the Cleveland Browns. So should be easy for him. Kenneth Walker needs the inverse, 64 yards. He uh, away from 1,000 yards season in his rookie year as well. I think that will be um, – a very attainable and likely scenario as well. Tyler Algier is right on the cusp. He's another guy that needs about a hundred yards. Yeah. hundred yards. Exactly. He's got 900 yards rushing to hit that thousand yard marker as well. Ramondre Stevenson needs 14 yards. Tony Pollard needs 12 yards. I mentioned Jamal Williams, that fat bonus he gets uh, has an opportunity to hit that as well. So some good numbers there, 140 yards from Zeke Elliott. Can he get there? Austin Eckler, 120 yards. I doubt he gets that, right? No, he's not going to get that. Um, Other, as far as running backs are concerned, you know, the 10 touchdown marker sometimes big, two needed from Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, two short of that. Uh, James Conner, three short. Of 10 rushing touchdowns on the year. Zeke Elliott, three short of 15. Nick Chubb, three short of 15. Same with Josh Jacobs. Miles Sanders, four short of 15 as well. So uh, that's the rushing numbers. As far as receivers are concerned, the uh, no real records other than Justin Jefferson with 194 to hit the mark. But Brandon Ayuk, 44 yards away from a thousand on the season. AJ Brown is 99 yards short of a 1500 yard receiving effort this season. I mean, if he's fourth in the league, it's only 40 some behind Devonte Adams, Devonte Adams, 57 behind 1500, right? 
Um, Tyree Kill, no real chance to get anything. He's at 1,600. Stefan Diggs, 175. He's got two games to do it, in theory, to get 175 yards for 1,500 himself. Uh, 188 away for Jalen Waddle to get 1,500 yards receiving on the season two. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, I mentioned the reception numbers. He's also 102 yards away from 1,000 yards. So, again, uh, if Mahomes goes for it, I usually love when my quarterback is close to the 5,000 yard or has some sort of big incentive. I love that shit because you could just stack the fuck out of him on DFS. Like a Mahomes, Juju, if they go for it, what a great stack that would be, right? So um, yeah, he doesn't get 100 yards very much, but that's attainable, I would say. Michael Pittman needs uh, 105 receiving yards to hit 1,000 and go back-to-back um, this week. And uh, against Houston, it, they could do it. Sam Ellinger, I believe in him. TJ Hawkinson is uh, about 102 yards away from a 1,000-yard season split between Detroit and Minnesota. Another one that's attainable because of the opponent against Chicago Bears. So, um, yeah, you got 122 yards needed for DJ Moore to hit a thousand yards this year. Um, So absolutely can do it. Didn't have a good outing last time against the new Orleans saints, but it's been different with Sam Darnold Uh, for DJ Moore has been one of the hottest receivers in the league over the last four weeks, last month of the season or so. So, I mean, 153 yards needed for Mark Andrews, 137 needed for Mike Williams. Do they end up getting that? I just don't see it. Um, Chris Godwin needs two catches for 100 receptions on the year. Michael Pittman, four receptions needed to get to 100. Devontae Adams needs five for 100. Devontae Smith needs 12. Medcalf needs 13. It's going to be tough to get to those types of marks as well. So, There you go. That's some of the incentives and the milestones that set up for week number 18. The best advice I can give, and I've been talking about all week, align yourself with the teams and players that have the most to gain. Incentives and money means a lot to these players, and quarterbacks like helping these players earn more money. This is an owner's nightmare. As they watch these guys just get flooded, like uh, Tom Brady a couple years ago was – Rob Gronkowski is giving a million dollars with the receptions in one game. That's the way it goes, but it's great for our pocketbooks and fantasy and betting and in uh, even our seasonal leagues. I mean, why, why the fuck not? Let's get into the survivor picks, the bets and the upsets of the week. Now, no Thursday night game. So no single game parlay on this show this week. I think I'll be able to do this th- throughout the playoffs, though, on the on the podcast. Because the lines, you know, it playoffs, not a lot changes. Every team's going in. Anybody's questionable is going to play, right? So we pretty much know what we're up against. If you somehow made it this far in Survivor, I always say every week I say the same thing. Congratulations. It's an amazing accomplishment. San Francisco, Philadelphia, Kansas City are your obvious. No-brainers. Absolutely no-brainers. Minnesota, if you haven't used them yet, this is a good time to do it on the road, but against Chicago, who are starting Nathan Peterman. 
this week. Absolute gold right there. I think that um, other choices. Ugh. <laughs> I do think Jacksonville beats Tennessee, but I just. Rabel always screws me over. That one would make me nervous. I'll tell you the one that does. Pittsburgh does not make me nervous. I think Cleveland's good, and Watson played a lot better. As I said, he would. But Pittsburgh is playing for a lot. Outside shot of the playoffs, but more importantly, that 9-8 record means something to that organization, to Mike Tomlin and those players. So I like that one. If you really want to – I think Green Bay over Detroit. The NFL – the NFL made that game a playoff game. That's what they, a playing game. It, I mean, that's Tennessee and Jacksonville should have been on that game on that night, but they postured. So if I was Seattle, I would be very worried because Seattle needs to win to get in. And I would be nervous because then if they lose, that becomes a playing game. Um, And we see. Yeah, we see and the Green Bay will win that game because the NFL wants them to. So that's what's going to happen. So those are the survivor uh, plays. The upsets of the week or upset of the week. Um, My God, I'm not going Chicago again. Thank God that was the best loss in franchise, best, biggest win in franchise history since the 2006 NFC Championship game, uh, at least. Um, even though the Bears lost, it's such a huge thing to, lock in that number two overall pick. And I hope to God they keep it. Um, I don't think if Denver loses against the Chargers, I don't, I think they tie, but I think the Bears win the tiebreaker, if I'm not mistaken, for a worse spot. So I think the Bears can't fall any farther. So that's good. I think they're locked in. Oh, no, they actually can't because Arizona can move up. Fuckers. All right, just lose that game. Um. Anyway, upset of the week. Um, Amy, the Rams over Seattle. I just am not a conspiracy guy, as you, you guys know. But I'm also don't buy this NFL bullshit. They did. They maneuvered things in a way that they really want to have happen. So they'll give me the Rams over the Seattle Seahawks and a big day for Cam Akers in doing so. The bet of the week, one I like the most here. Um, it's tough to bet Buffalo or Cincinnati in this one. I'm going to take just a game that I believe the most in. It's sort of what I alluded to with the uh, the survivor picks. It's the Steelers at home, minus two and a half. I like the two and a half because you win by a field goal. All right. So I, I like that one. I'll likely have a single game parlay with that game uh, in the bet pack over at fantasyguru.com, which by the way, if you just want to come hang out in the man's cave, you've been hearing about it all year. You haven't joined yet. It is literally like three bucks a week or five bucks a week. I should say for the rest of the year, just get the bet pack. It gives you access to the man's cave, the betting room, all of our bets and props and sides and totals and picks and uh, all that stuff. Just just do it for crying out loud. Mike, I spent $10,000 on Christmas. You can't spend fucking 90 bucks to spend with the, for the next six weeks with your boy. Um, get over there, fantasyguru.com, and do it. So there you go, folks. That 
is that. I'm sure today's going to fire some people up. Hopefully we can do it respectfully. Hopefully we can do it honestly. And you could state your cases to me at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Ah, boy, it's been a wild ride. Let's pray. Let's hope DeMar Hamlin safe, getting out of ICU, get out of the hospital. Want to see him up on that podium. We hope so. We really wish the best for him and his family and everybody involved and everybody who, who watched that and was affected by it on Monday Night Football. That is definitely a focus of ours going forward as well. It's been a fun season thus far. Nothing is over yet, folks. And uh, we'll have plenty of episodes all the way through past the Super Bowl. Remember, we will do a brief vacation. It'll be about a week or two hiatus before season number four of one man's opinion but that doesn't happen to late february everybody so we got plenty of time weekly episodes continue on the sxm app stitcher pandora and everywhere you find your podcast thank you guys for tuning in remember you may disagree with some or maybe every single solitary thing that you heard on today's episode and folks that's perfectly okay we can disagree because it was just one man's opinion See you next time, everybody. Deuces!